Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastermonico and I call Shannon Watts, founder of Moms Demand Action, and discuss what you and I can do to help move gun control forward. Then Michaela Watkins, Kieran Deal, and Dana Schwartz join me in studio for a deep dive into the violence that surrounds us as Americans. And, as always, our hills. Thanks for tuning in before we get to the show today. If you want to submit a question for Dude You Asked, please send it to us at hysteria at crooked.com. You can also submit questions via Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to check out the segment on YouTube and IGTV. And if you're frustrated by this week in news and want to take some action, uh, one thing you can do right now is call your senators and ask them about H.R. 8. H.R. 8 is a bipartisan bill that requires background checks on all gun sales or transfers, and that passed the House on February 27th. But unsurprisingly, Mitch McConnell has blocked H.R. 8 in the Senate and refuses to bring it to the floor. While McConnell leads the Senate, America will never get comprehensive gun reform. So another thing you can do in addition to calling your senators is you can donate to Crooked Media's Get Mitch or die trying at votesaveamerica.com slash get Mitch to support 2020 Democratic Senate candidates so that we can take the majority away from him and finally get the gun reform that America desperately needs. I want to give a shout out this week to our listeners in Texas and Ohio. Our thoughts and our hearts are with you. Hey, Alyssa. Good morning, Erin. It has been a rough week. It has been a really sad week. Yeah. And I think, you know, you and I find ways to explore bits of laughter in bleak weeks. But this feels like a week where maybe we need some reinforcements and maybe we need to focus on action rather than laughter. 
Right. Sometimes the thing that makes us such awesome women is that sometimes we know we're not enough. No, and we're definitely not need, enough. <laughs> we're not enough this week. And so we needed to bring people who love hysteria a little more meat. Yes. And so we thought that there was nobody better to talk to this week than Shannon Watts. Shannon is the founder of Moms Demand Action. She's been on Hysteria before. She was a guest on the panel section and she was great. Um, Moms Demand is a grassroots movement that advocates for public safety measures to combat gun violence. Watts founded Moms Demand Action herself after the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012. The organization now has uh, 6 million members in every state. I didn't know they were in every state until I was prepping for this. Every state. And as I was prepping for this, I realized I had not joined. And so I joined and made a donation this morning. Oh, good for you. I need to do that as soon as we get off the mic. Um, Well, the last time we had around was to celebrate gains made in the 2018 midterm elections. It was decidedly a celebratory mood, um, but this week less so. There were two mass shootings in 24 hours this weekend that killed 29 people. So we need concrete ways to act. We need Shannon Watts. Let's dial her up. Hello, is this Shannon? Yes. Shannon, first, thank you for being with us. We know it's it's probably been a busy week. What was your first response as a person to the violence in El Paso and in Dayton, Ohio? Well, you know, I was in Washington, D.C. this weekend. We have every year something called Gun Sense University, and it's an annual event where we pull all of our volunteers together. It just happened to be in Washington, D.C. this year. So, 2,000 of us were in the middle of training when we started getting these alerts on our phones that there was an active shooter in El Paso, Texas. And we had a lot of volunteers there from Texas, including some from El Paso. So we took some time out. We regrouped. We comforted those who felt re-traumatized. We had a lot of gun violence survivors there. um, And also to see how we could support our, our Texas volunteers and You know, typically that night we would have had an award ceremony and a dance. And instead, um, several hundred of our volunteers walked from the White House to the Capitol as part of a vigil because they were devastated, but also as part rally because they were outraged that this was happening again in this country. And then we woke up the next morning and there had been yet another mass shooting. And, And honestly, I don't know how to describe it other than it's surreal. Mm-hmm. Shannon, what did you think of President Trump's response to the violence in Dayton and in El Paso? Well, I mean, his responses are always so strange and, and not thought out and all over the board. I mean, I think the first thing he did was to tweet, you know, with exclamation points, almost like he's excited about the breaking news. And then he tweeted and somehow linked background checks to immigration reform as though, you know, it was the fault of these people who were innocent victims of gun violence, that somehow the two were intertwined. Uh, And then he walked that back and started talking about supporting background checks and red flag legislation. Um, You know, the, the president is a wild card and it really is up to us to put pressure on our senators who have the power and the control in this situation uh, to take advantage of two things. One is that the gun violence prevention movement is stronger than it's ever been. Hundreds of thousands of volunteers, six million supporters. We're changing hearts and minds. We've seen that even in the last few days where Republicans have said, I can't oppose these common sense gun laws anymore. And the other piece of it is that the NRA is weaker than they've ever been. 
they don't have the same stranglehold on our lawmakers that they used to. And so lawmakers have more freedom to do the right thing in this situation. So I would ask anyone listening right now to text the word CHECKS to 64433, C-H-E-C-K-S, and we will connect you with talking points to your senators so you can make that request. A lot of people who have been pro-gun in the past have had a public change of heart, or they've said they've had a change of heart. What does a person need to demonstrate to you to show that they're sincere about actually uh, enacting gun reform? I think it's such a great question, because if we have the mentality that we're only going to work with Democrats on this, we will never win in the long run, because... Politics is cyclical, and we have to get Republicans to vote the right way on this issue, as, as well as Democrats, especially given what polling shows, that the vast majority of their constituents support this. So we have to make room for people to have a change of heart and mind, even if it's because they've been personally affected, even if it's for political expediency. I mean, if you look at some of the candidates who are running for president on the Democratic side, they used to have A ratings from the NRA. And now they're incredibly strong gun safety advocates. So what do they have to do? If they make a promise and they change their mind and say they will do the right thing, then we have to let them do that and we have to support them. If they fail to follow through, we have to hold them accountable. And that is the benefit of having now this grassroots army. If lawmakers do the right thing, we will have their backs. And if they don't, we will have their jobs. <laughs> Here's a question. So people are obviously very busy. They have full-time jobs, they have families, but everybody just feels a need to help in some way. What can ordinary people do to take action today? You do not have to carve out a full-time work week to be an activist. It's so important to remember that every little bit of activism matters, even if you're just making the call I mentioned earlier or sending an email or using a hashtag or go to gunsensevoter.org and see where your candidates stand on this issue. Be educated and vote accordingly. All of it matters. Um, and just getting off the sidelines. Uh, we talk all the time about naptivism, which is this idea, especially for moms, that you know, if your kids are taking a nap or you happen to have 30 minutes, your voice matters. I mean, if you look at Chipotle, for example, we were trying to get them to stop open carry. It took three days using the hashtag burritos, not bullets, right? So it, it, it can, this idea that hashtag activism is somehow less than people who are in the trenches, maybe doing this 40 hours a week, it's just not fair and it's not true. So I would just ask everyone to get involved because until we have strength in numbers, we're, we're going to continue to struggle on this issue. It takes every American. Mm -hmm. As somebody who's been involved in advocating for change after countless mass shootings now, I guess since Sandy Hook, I, we can't even, I've lost count of how many there have been. But is there anything different about this time? Yes. First of all, I, I believe there's been change after every national shooting tragedy. Um, people always say, oh, nothing's happened since Sandy Hook. And I think it's because they mean there hasn't been this cathartic moment in Congress they're waiting for. But Moms Demand Action happened after Sandy Hook, the largest grassroots movement in the country that can finally go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the gun lobby. Um, after the horrific tragedy in Parkland, we tripled in size as an organization. So I think the, the needle has been moving all along, and it's like marriage equality. We are building momentum in state houses and boardrooms that will eventually point Congress and the president in the right direction. Um, but the other point I want to make really quickly is, look, this is not just about mass shootings and school shootings. 
This is about the daily gun violence that kills 100 Americans, whether it's gun homicides in city centers or gun suicides in rural communities. All of it matters, and we have to fix all of it. So we have so many people, I mean, we all are just engulfed in coverage about 2020 and the 20 mm. Democrats running and, and Donald Trump. And I think that sometimes that just overshadows some of the really important things that are going on. Going into 2020, what are things that you want people to be on the lookout for and sort of local elections and initiatives that they can be they can be supporting? Yep. Great question. So in 2019, we have to remember there are elections happening at the state level. And one of the most important elections is in Virginia because every seat in the General Assembly is up for election. We very narrowly missed having a gun sense majority. We have a governor there who we know will sign stronger gun laws. It's the NRA's backyard. It's also where many crime guns come from through the iron pipeline in this country because their gun laws are so lax. So we will be working very hard as an organization on that election. Looking at 2020, it's a sea change in American politics that every single candidate, including the president, the, the Republican primarying the president, is competing to see who can be the best on this issue. That's not happened before. Guns was always considered the third rail of American politics. So we're seeing these really innovative ideas and policy papers coming out from candidates. So people should look at those and decide, you know, what makes sense to them as they decide who their candidate is. And again, gunsensevoter.org can help you see where other candidates stand on this issue. Uh, we're giving out gun sense candidate distinctions between now and the election. That will be another guide, uh, as well as making endorsements. And it's just so important to know where your candidate stands on this issue. Do they have an A rating from the NRA? Because if they do, that means they align with their toxic agenda. Are they silent on this issue? Then you need to ask them very clearly to take a stand. And if they're good on this issue, we need to reward them by voting for them. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you're always a wonderful guest. And I hope the next time we speak, it's under better circumstances. But you've really given us some concrete steps that we can take. And, and thank you for that. Thank you. And, and one other thing, just as an FYI for you all, we're having um, our first ever gun sense forum with at least 10 presidential candidates in Iowa on Saturday. And it's going to live stream all day. Oh, great. Alyssa, you know what? New plans for Saturday. Obviously. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> Shannon, thank you so much. We'll talk okay, soon. thank you. Take care. Bye. Well, Alyssa, I've got a few words. Thank what God. are your words? Thank God for Shannon Watts. Thank God for Shannon Watts. You know, one thing I wanted to say that I read that I thought was just, it stopped me in my tracks. What? More Americans have died from gunshots since 1968 than in all the wars combined in American history. That is disgusting. Disgusting. That's disgusting. But, you know, what Shannon said, I think, gave me a little bit of hope. It has been a dark week, like we mentioned. But she's right. It does feel like the tide is turning and no tragedies where people die from gun violence should be occurring. It's always going to be a tragedy. But I think if we look long term, we're moving in a positive direction. And I hope as people in El Paso and in Dayton, Ohio heal, that we can use what we've learned over these last years to actually enact real change. I'm for that. I'm for that too. Okay, let's skip Toast and Rose this week just because it's dark. Yeah, it'd be weird. It'd be super <laughs> weird. Um, but Alyssa, hopefully next time we talk, it will be a little bit less bleak. And uh, take care. Bye. Bye.
As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. 
joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is like, I think my, my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're. They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, Ugh. Um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And we're back. Uh, I guess I'm not going to take too much time making goofy small talk before we get into this section and the topic they're going to talk about today. Um, I have a basket of multi-hyphenates with me at the table to talk about an issue that is very serious. They're all reacting positively right now, nodding and smiling. And um, We're going to be talking about a serious issue today. I want to introduce the people that are going to be joining me. First, we have an actor and writer, Kieran Deal. Woo! Hey, Kieran. Hi. Oh, I have to say it's something. It's an audio medium. Yeah, that's right. I just smiled into the. Yeah, I just smiled into the microphone, and everyone was like, "What are you doing?" They're all staring, and they're like, "Say something, you dumb bitch." Yeah, it was delightful. Well, you did say something, you dumb bitch. So thank you yeah. for that. Next up, we we have writer Dana Schwartz. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Great to have you. Great to be here. And last but not least, we have actor. Comedian, multi hyphenate, Michaela Watkins. Hello. For the second week in a row, a rare to Michaela. So Actually, you two both. Both of us. Karen yeah. and Michaela. Very for exciting. This. I was just laughing at Karen's face when you introduced her because she froze and I knew what your look was. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's because you were still in the, I can't believe I overslept this morning. I did oversleep. I woke up at 9 10. And we record at 9.20. And I was panicked and I sent Caroline an email. I'm so sorry to do this on the air. I could tell, I could tell that's just not your style. Yeah, that, well, that's terrifying. Yeah. That was terrifying. Oh, oversleeping. Here's, here's something that happened this morning. And Michaela, I was, I was about to tell you about this. So yesterday I was driving and a bus pulled up next to me and Michaela's face was on the side of the bus. Yeah! Because Michaela has a new show that's coming out called The Unicorn. And uh, it was an advertisement. It was like Michaela's at a dinner party. And everybody, it's like warm lighting and everyone's having a good time. <laughs> and I was thinking before I went to sleep last night, I'm excited to watch Unicorn. I bet that's going to be a really good show. And this morning, right before I woke up, I had a dream I was watching the Unicorn. What? <laughs> and you were acting in it. But in the show, you were gay and proposing to a girlfriend. 
in the show. And you were proposing with a round blue ring. Interesting. Yeah. Very Kate Middleton. This is Aaron's uh, pitch to be a writer on the show. (laughs) Is that because you're watching Four Weddings and a Funeral? I'm not watching Four Mm. Weddings and a Funeral. I um, have been watching I Think You Should Leave for like the fifth time (laughs) as a comfort in this kind of chaotic week. I I like sometimes will fall back into shows where I'm like this. I can't take anything new in right now. Mm -hmm. After this week, I'm like ready to watch a Hallmark movie for the first time. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was very comforting. Yeah. I was watching the hot dog, the hot dog car (laughs) crashing into the uh, clothing store sketch yesterday because somebody pointed out when Ivanka Trump said, you know, all this violence is terrible and think about what's happening in Chicago. Somebody responded with like four panels from this sketch uh, of the guy being like in the hot dog suit being like, who crashed the hot dog car into the... (laughs) Or Ivanka's being like, white supremacy, who could have advocated for such a thing? Whoever did this just confess. They're just such good trolls. I can't even believe it. Yeah, I just, it's unbelievable. So let's let's talk about this week's topic. Um, There were two shootings this week in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. As we speak, people in El Paso and Dayton are mourning the deaths of 31 people who have died as a result of mass shootings that occurred over the weekend. And one of the things that I was thinking about as I was prepping for the show is, is that these mass shooting events have sort of become like punctuation marks in our lives. Like, like when uh, Newtown happened, everybody was like, we just had to go to work. People still just had to go to work. People still just had to live. When this happened, people still just had to go to work and still just had to live. And as I was just going about my life, I was just thinking about how, uh, how fragile normalcy is and how, All it takes is one person with violent intentions and a violent ideology to come in and just shatter the normalcy of anybody's life and turn it into something horrific and tragic and how violence has become such a part of American society and American life that it's just something that's like woven into our expectations. Every every day is something that could just go completely south, which is a really bad mindset. Even to me, the nightmare that's like, the aspect of that that's the scariest is that anyone, you know, anyone's life could just be shattered in an instant. And then just the rest of the country for like 99 percent of the country, the response is like, watch the news, feel sad, write a tweet. But then, like you said, just like get on with your life. And mm-hmm. like all these Republican senators are being like, hopes and prayers, got to do something for mental health. And there, nothing is happening. So it's this like horrible, nightmarish treadmill where the same cycle just repeats over and over and we have no control where it's like these little things are happening in isolation in a bubble. And then we're all living in a different plane of reality or something. It's, it's, um, I'm not articulating it clearly because I'm just very angry and like upset. It's something so paralyzing about the fact that there's been no real reaction to it. Mm-hmm. It feels like. Yeah. I mean, it's not just mass shootings. Like it's it's beyond that. It's like gun violence in, in yeah. urban areas. It is gun violence that leads to suicides. It is violence against women. It's violence in the media. Kieran, do you think that America is inherently a violent country? I feel like I feel like a lot of countries are violent. And I'll be, I mean, honestly, like, especially, you know, like I was born in Britain and like I've traveled a bunch and like there's violence, there's violence everywhere. It's the the easy access to guns really seems like the thing here. Mm -hmm. It's like, it feels like easy access to guns. I mean, the thing, especially with the mass shootings, these, these are, they're children. It's like they're 19, they're 21. These are very young people Mm -hmm. who are going out and doing this. And that's really 
awful. Like it's like the the tragedy of being that young and feeling like that's your only option or that's your only way out. And you're going to commit this like horrific act of violence, like on a bunch of other people and ruin their lives and then also kill yourself or whatever it is. Like it's, that's an ideology thing. So I, I kind of feel like a little bit of the, the way that you get community support off of the internet, which I know is something that was discussed. It's like the way that there can be a community of people who are encouraging one another. That, that to me strikes me as like, more of a problem and then and then quite frankly it's like access to guns Mm -hmm. it's just those laws do make a massive difference in terms of when gun violence goes down and that's been seen internationally Mm -hmm. well let's talk a little bit more about who commits violent acts Michaela have you noticed similarities beyond being young well what's interesting Karen is that you say these are like 19 year olds these are boys basically who are committing a lot of these, you know, mass shootings in schools and whatnot. And what struck me in 2009, I went to Iraq for, you know, to entertain the troops during Mm -hmm. the war. And I was like, these are babies and they're all walking around with machine guns. And, you know, they were the same age as my nephew um, and, or just like a couple years older, I guess, but they don't handle it well. Like these kids were really stressed out and, it is not, um, you know, it is not, I don't think, a natural thing. Like you say, is our country violent? You know, I think I think violence isn't necessarily, the, the desire to go kill somebody I don't think is inherent necessarily. But I think that we have so many factors in our society that contribute to that. And I think most recently, like you were saying, the, the reason this has gone so haywire, I feel like, specifically white supremacy, is because there is, with technology, the first people to sort of conquer technology were these extremist groups that were able to, you know, always the extremist groups Mm -hmm. that are able to, like, take on technology and ramp it up. Right. The internet was here and it was advertised to us like, hey, you can email your grandma. And a bunch of Nazis are like, sweet. This is going to really spread our message. Yeah, right. Let's plan a rally. That's the irony. The technology is only an extension of people. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like like the square. The Mm -hmm. square is about, you know, mobile. The square was a feature documentary that's about um, how Arab Spring was a result of Facebook organizing, social media organizing. And that Mm -hmm. really did have a real world impact Mm -hmm. by the same token. And it's like if you have incels or members of ISIS or whatever it is, like the communities for those places, too. It's mm-hmm. really just an extension of the what p- humans are like. Well, to some degree. But also, I do think that the Internet magnifies people's mm-hmm. worst impulses mm-hmm. by dehumanizing each other. And then they sort of feed into this like exactly. feedback loop where mm-hmm. like on a forum, people can say like, I say things in on the Internet that I would never say in real life. I'll mm-hmm. be like, fuck you, like blah, blah. And I've never in my life told a person face to face, fuck you. And like these uh, communities, I think, galvanize each other and feed off each other. Absolutely. And I think their I mean, worst impulses because they're not going to see it face to face with yeah. somebody out in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to like impress one another and mm-hmm. they keep one upping each other. And so in these like sub communities where maybe these boys are feeling belonging for the first time, they like idolized. Uh, I don't I will have opinions on this, but the the shooter of the, the um, movie theater shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like an Hardcore. icon. There was like an amazing article that was talking about like all like the fan art about him. Like in these sub communities, 
they're being like like brainwashed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they also idolize people who have committed similar acts, like the person who um, shot, who, who targeted sorority girls. I don't want to like say their names yeah. on, on, mm-hmm. into a microphone, but no. the, the person who um, in 2014 targeted sorority girls out here in California um, and left a video manifesto, you know, though he's viewed kind of as a hero to them and it just... To the incels. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, let's talk about incels and and like negative attitudes toward women and the through line between that and violent acts because it's it's turning out that the person who attacked um, outside of a in a busy bar district in Dayton Ohio actually was a member of a musical group that sang about rape fantasies and seemed to have some um, really misogynist views so what do you think the tie is between misogyny and violence I think it's any uh, element of dehumanization mm-hmm. where you go into like any subreddit that's like an Intel subreddit and it's shocking the way they just generalize women in the same way like racism is about generalizing a group of people and dismissing them as like the El Paso shooter was was targeting, you know, Latinx people specifically. I think it's anything that that takes a group of people and says they're the enemy. And so one thing that's really, really pissed me off, and I, I mentioned this before we, we started uh, airing is all these smug people on Twitter who are like, oh, if only these guys were like assigned a legal prostitute, like, oh, if these guys were getting weekly blowjobs, they wouldn't be angry and they wouldn't be shooting, which makes me so goddamn angry because it's just perpetuating the exact same thing that makes these people feel uh, that women are like the enemy, like these objects that owe them sex in a certain way. So it's like these smug people who think that commodifying women and like giving them to unwashed nerds is the way to stop violence. They're like being like, I found the solution. I found the logical libertarian solution. Mm-hmm. Oh, socialism. Sounds like. <laughs> but, uh, Everybody gets a fuck hole. Everyone gets a gets an object woman. But they don't understand like that is the exact mentality that that it's, that then builds these type of people on the internet. This like logic driven, like, oh, women are only want money and they are fucking, you know, chads and not betas or like whatever their weird terminology is. The like, chad thing is wild. Yeah. Like the chat. I definitely read over one of the thing. One of I read over like the uh, there was a reformed incel article. And so he was talking about it. But the obsession with like plastic surgery and it actually reminded me a lot of Los Angeles. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, thing. yeah, these get like, you know, and they're like these facial measure measurements and some plastic surgeon in the middle of the country who was a um who became this like Chad icon or this incel icon Wait, for the? Can, I'm sorry. What is a Chad? Oh, it's like the handsome, chiseled guys. It, it's like oh, a, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like in the name. social hierarchy, yeah, right? It's I got like you. The okay. alpha male, like the jock right. alpha male. Okay, and so they, this is they are aspiring to these. Uh, well, these dimensions. There's these a sexual hierarchy mm-hmm. on Earth where, um, where you know, essentially based on what you look like, your desirability to women is going to drastically increase or decrease, which isn't untrue. But it's also like, I know I went to Harvard. I know a lot of weird unwashed nerds Mm -hmm. get a personality and fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't look like you're if even if your face looks like it got smashed in the face with a dildo and run over by a truck, someone will love you. There's a yeah. lot of people on earth. Improve your personality. Well, I think it's the not issue, their looks. It's, I think the issue is it like entitlement because it's not that these people just want somebody to love them. Mm-hmm. It's that they feel entitled to a very specific type of woman mm-hmm. and they don't 
they won't accept a woman who is maybe equal to them in the social hierarchy, which, you know, it's fine. Love, it, you know, if you find somebody that loves you and that you can relate to, you can talk about things with, it doesn't really matter if they're a status symbol or not. It's like they can't process the idea of a relationship being anything but a public expression of their place in the social oh, hierarchy. Oh, and their worth. Like right. if, if, you're, if you're good enough, you are rewarded with a hot woman. Like you would be like rewarded with a Lamborghini as like a bonus at work. It's, mm -hmm. it's also is, this idea weirdly that like a attractiveness is a binary, which mm -hmm. is it's very much a spectrum that like also people's like smells and their personality and charisma and like sense of humor. Like they're like, no, I'll just say it once again. This just validates my theory that reality TV has ruined us all. Yeah. It really I mean, just like put seven people in a house. Why don't you put seven people who are interesting and cool in a house and see if they fuck? I bet you the like monsters they will. You know, the I don't band band kids, kids but, in band in high school had more sex than anyone. Band kids. Kids are very horny. It's true. I mean, there's it's a song on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend about that that a friend of mine sung. <laughs> really, like, we all get laid. And yeah. maybe it's Big Bang Theory contributed because you had like this show that was so popular of these nerds, and then they, 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 they all got a Kaylee Kwok. Well, that's a major trope, and that's a major Hollywood trope. That's mm -hmm. a trope yeah. in '80s movies. Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Like, I mean, it's everywhere. There's a love, love with that nerdy guy and that stunning blonde woman. That show on Netflix. I mean, that is that is a trope and that that's a result of who gets to make content you mm -hmm. know like and what stories feel um, what type of women are allowed on camera well and yeah and it, i mean i think it's sort of that's an interesting point if you that have you're to suck on. your stomach in you're not allowed on the tv right right anywhere if you're, if you're a woman and yeah. you have to suck your stomach no, in. You it's like that just... it's like that joke in 30 rock where it's like you either need to lose 30 pounds or gain 50 <laughs> anything in between has no place on television mm -hmm. um it's like, here's the thing, though, like we're, we're all told what is a high status person to be seen with and we're told what we're supposed to want. And meanwhile, what people actually want is sort of lost. And I, I feel like our I feel like men are also I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm in any way sympathizing with men who commit violent acts, but I am sympathizing with men who find themselves uh, socially on the outside and who don't have very many avenues to like try to find help and belonging. Mm -hmm. I think that the way, and I don't want to blame mental health because mental people who are mentally ill are much more likely to be targeted by violence than they are to commit violence. That is right. But I do want to say that it's, we have a really fucked up attitude toward masculinity and mental health in this country. That sort of link between masculinity, I think gets it also a major crux of the issue. I mean, obviously guns, that's the difference in America if we were any other country, we would have banned, you know, this type of right, we gun would have by now. Done in New Zealand, like, in New Zealand, in Australia, in England. But America has this weird masculine idea mm -hmm. that comes back to like the cowboy, right? John Wayne, yeah, John Wayne. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's this weird symbiotic. These incels who are, you know, feel vulnerable and then get to feel badass by buying a weapon and shooting people up. Weirdly, they're benefiting from. That decades-long, like, fantasy of, like, masculinity, it's this weird—they're feeding each other, right? Because mm -hmm. the NRA, it exists because people are like, the Second Amendment, the militias, the, this, like, weird Americana masculinity, which, I mean, these, like, the people on 8chan or whatever, like, they're not—they don't represent—they're not John Wayne, but weirdly now the, the NRA is fighting for these children's access to, to get— well, they weapons. trade they trade in fear. Yeah. And I think like when you ask about, you know, what is it that that it is, you know, I divide the country 
I, I would say I divide us into three sort of realities, right? There's the violence that happens and the fear around that in general to us as people because, you know, at any point something bad could happen. Then there's like women, how women move in the world and how we assimilate ourselves amongst violent, violence. And then there's for minority groups, how they move around. Not I, I used to say, you know, non-white minority groups, but now Jews are targeted again. So I, I feel like... With women, you know, we have, there's two worlds. Like my reality is not the same as my husband's reality in any way, shape or form. Yesterday he got in his car, drove to the middle of nowhere and hiked to all these crazy waterfalls in like way, way, way back country. And he just did it on a whim. And I'm like, I don't know that I can do that. You know, Mm -hmm. we've all read Wild or seen the movie and I, I I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I want to hike the entire Pacific Coast Trail. But there's this one chapter where it's like kind of dicey. You know, yeah. she comes across these right. two guys with like a dark gun or like a hunter's rifle or something like that. And it gets really creepy. And I felt it in my bones because that's how I leave a party is looking over my shoulder, looking in front of me. It's how I walk my dog. My husband puts his headphones on and goes out, you know. So our our lived experience of being... Uh, you know, a person in this country is so different depending on who you ask. And for these boys, you know, who are think they're entitled to something and, and, and should have it, they didn't grow up scared and looking over their shoulder and worried about not having anything mm-hmm. ever. I think women, they, I, they really think women are like one a unit because I've, I've, my worst impulse is like I've gone on these like subreddits because I was just like curious. Um, like they think women... It's all, always all women. They never are specific. And it's always like women are maximizing. They're using men for their wealth and they're using their beauty to take men's wealth away. Mm-hmm. It's like that's such a conniving way to look at the world, like a commodity. That's so capitalist. Like It's so capitalist to think like, I mean, and I hate to sound all like Bernie bro right now. Actually, I don't hate to sound all Bernie bro right now. But Sound Bernie bro. Lean uh, in. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole idea of, you know, you have property and you have a right to protect it from anybody who wants to come and take it away. Part of that property is a woman. Part of that property is your actual house. Part of that property is is the wealth you feel that you're entitled to have. Mm -hmm. And I think now with like, I hate, I don't want to say changing demographics in the way that uh, President Trump means it. I don't mean it like it's a bad thing. I mean that now that more people have access to some of what used to be reserved for white men, do you think that white men feel like things are being taken from them? Kieran, I'm looking at you. Do you think that the men, the white men who commit these violent acts are, are, feel like things are being taken? Um, it's a very hard mentality for me to get into. I will say that it, I, I think that this, I, I think that something like El Paso has, the, the person who has that level of xenophobia has always existed. It's just about, it's about access and how mobilized and entitled that person feels to act on that impulse. Mm -hmm. So it's the challenge is when when you can have a, a Charlottesville, when you can have people do their like white supremacy march, it's like obviously you want there to be free speech. But um, when that speech is hateful, whether it's on the Internet or whether it's on, you know, in the state, it's like you have to get rid of the speech. You can't because it's it's a danger to other people. So if like it's 
it's almost even in you asking this question, I think my like my visceral reaction is kind of like you need to get rid of guns and you need to have a non xenophobic culture. Like mm-hmm. so the censorship needs to happen on that level. And that seems so incredibly obvious to me, like like in the reality that I personally live in, Michaela, like it seems mm-hmm. so incredibly obvious that it's like, that's the end of the talk. You know what I mean? I'm just like, that's, yeah, and that's what you need. I mean, mm-hmm. I know, but also like the Constitution, you know, it's, it's right, pretty hard. That's it's, the thing is that, you know, at, and this is so scary to me, but it feels super necessary. It's like our country is a, is a marriage that's been going on for 40 years and nobody's talking about anything anymore. And it's like we're coexisting and most of the time it's fine, but we're hitting an impasse where we have to talk about the fact that we never have sex. You know, (laughs) it's like that's the we if we don't start talking about I'm so I'm of two minds. I'm so afraid to pull the lid off the white supremacy conversation, because I think if we really, really, really launch into this and take a look at it, we're going back to a mindset that is so permeated and so deep and so entrenched and meshed into our culture and our fiber of our whole being and our mm-hmm. whole identity that we're going to have to basically like extract a tumor out of a brain that could affect our speech and our, you know, sight and our motor skills mm-hmm. because it's so embedded in there. At the same time, if we don't, these extremist groups, you know, are who are radicalized and really bonding to this Thomas Jefferson, you know, conception of what our country is. It's just going to get uglier and uglier and the violence will just get worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, it sort of reminds me of like, if you have a house Mm -hmm. and you notice like a termite termite crawling on the corner of the carpet Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm just going to replace the, that corner of the carpet. I think the house is probably fine. I'm not even <laughs> yeah. going to check. I feel like exactly. that's sort of the point yeah. we're at right now where it's like, dude, I think. But I, think I don't want to gotta... give a microphone to this either. And I'm, you know, Kieran, obviously, like this should be a no brainer. It's like, all right, we're going to talk about this. But the first thing, first things first, turn in your big, crazy guns, you fucking assholes. And I think that's and in terms of <laughs> and in terms of also the Constitution, it's like. I, I, I think we're at a point as a country, I would imagine, and I don't have statistics on this. I, I think it's whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat, you want your child to be able to shop for school supplies at the local store and not have to worry about a fucking shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a very baseline thing. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're sitting on. I can't imagine that most Americans like, you know, there's all these things with even like gun owners being like, look, responsible gun laws. I'm not I would I wouldn't advocate for taking away everyone's guns. That's a big part of the legacy of like America for a number of reasons. But like these assault rifles, you know, Clinton had passed that that um, assault weapons ban that made a massive difference in the number of at least massive shootings, even if it wasn't the gun violence everywhere in the in the country, which is another hairy issue that is a massive challenge. Mm-hmm. But this is, I think it, what it comes down to is it one of your questions was like, how does it personally affect you and how does it personally affect everyone? And I'll say this. It's like my mom's a teacher um, very close to the parkland mm. um, where the parkland shooting happened. And now they have to carry around a backpack. They have training where it's like if a school shooter, they have like a literal like they had imagine having teachers. It makes me so angry. It's like the idea of like your mother is a teacher in a school and you have to sit around a conference room and and figure out what to do and how to protect children in the case of a quote unquote emergency. Mm -hmm. And more laughably, my mom is a Latin teacher 
And I, this woman can't find her car keys. If there's a shooter, <laughs> I just can see her being like, wait, hold on. Uh, okay, let's see. I was in the back. Oh, you know what? Uh, okay. Can we um, have a do-over? <laughs> sorry, honey. Can you just, sorry, I know you're upset, but could you, honey, could you just come back in one more time? I'm so sorry. <laughs> she would just be like, oh, uh, um, uh, oh, wait, go away. And then <laughs> throw a book at them. <laughs> you know, there's this really difficult, I think the NRA is, is a, poison in this country because they've they've stymied that conversation, which means like there's now no way to have that conversation on a topic that I think you're right. Like most Americans and even gun owners would be like, yeah, you know, it's someone with mental health and uh, you know, domestic violence shouldn't be allowed to. Or who have made threats against their yeah. entire school and made a rape, rape list, list or a kill list. Maybe you don't get to maybe you don't get to get a weapon and you don't get to get a weapon so easily. Or mm-hmm. people are like, well, we still have access to cars. It's like, you know what? You have to Get a fucking license to drive a car, and you have mm-hmm. to take a course. What if you everyone you know needs like a because it's your Second Amendment right? Well, but there, are, there is some there is some positive um, there's some positive progress being made. I think the Republican governor of Ohio wants to do uh, wants a red flag law now. Right. Mm-hmm. So that he's a Republican. And he no, wants that's Lindsey Graham even. Yeah, you know, yeah. We have to hope, but I it's such Colorado a, has has Marco one. Rubio. Vermont has it. a red flag law where you can take guns away from people who are showing. But then again, you know, by the time somebody's showing. Sign that they can. They have a gun and they're going to be dangerous. It's kind of hard to take the gun away. I just think the NRA has built such a straw man on the left. It's like they're going to take away your guns. Don't you want to protect your freedom? It's like they hate the quote unquote like libtards who don't understand guns so much mm-hmm. that that imaginary enemy is going to prevent. I mean, we're making progress, but it's going to it's going to stunt it. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the way that like violence that permeates America, whether it is actually in the communities or depicted on the news or depicted in pop culture, how that affects people growing up, because I'm just thinking about being a child and I cannot imagine having a memory of being in a place where there's a shooting and how that would negatively affect your ability to just progress, especially if you're in a community that doesn't have resources to help you get over the trauma of that. So um, let's talk a little bit about depictions of violence, whether it's like actual news stories or, you know, in the media and and what role that plays in in building a culture that's either traumatized by it or numbed to it. You know, even in the like few days that I knew that we were going to do this topic, I, without even realizing it, was just driving down the street And I see at a bus station a billboard with, you know, Elizabeth Moss, sweet, doughy, blue-eyed Elizabeth Moss, you know, holding a gun in this really crazy, you know, threatening way. Or she's in fear, but she's obviously going to go shoot somebody else for some new movie. A bus goes by and Bill Hader, SNL's Bill Hader, you know, Mm -hmm. his greatest... Most lauded performance is on Barry, where he plays a hitman, and it's just like the it's this most terrifying visual when this bus goes by of a man creeping around a corner holding a gun like he's going to kill you. And like The Godfather, right? Isn't that like the most now prominent and like idolized version of like American masculinity? Like every classic dude like loves The Godfather, which really in effect is like about why you shouldn't descend into violence because you'll lose your soul. Right. But I feel like people think Michael is the hero. But pe- but but I don't <laughs> even... It's a movie, Dana. <laughs> but it's such a slippery slope, right? If we go into, you know, saying, well, how, I, and I do think Hollywood imagery and I think the news, what they lead with, if it bleeds, it leads. I think all these things are 
it, it is a really, it has normalized violence in a way that has made it so that it's either glorified or you're so terrified about it that you want to get a gun and you're so hot on the lever because you think at any point someone is out to, to get you 24-7. I mean, I'm not, I don't know that I believe that seeing violence causes violence, but mm-hmm. I do think that it can lead to people being traumatized or feel like, vi- or normalized. It can feel like violence is normal. And so maybe they're less likely to take action when real life violence occurs, you know? So if you have spent your whole life, you know, from when you were a kid watching people get murdered on TV, um, as an adult, you might think that it's not really worth taking action when a person gets murdered in real life. Like, I don't know that watching a violent movie would cause a violent act. I think actually, Aaron, that's a really good point. And I think that that the biggest impact maybe on that violence is on the way the conversation goes mm-hmm. after shootings, like the, the sort of repeat of like, all right, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers, mental health, whatever, maybe some sort of you know, law, if we're lucky, if we really fight for it, mm-hmm. but just this ability to, to no, dismiss they, it. No, it's going the other way. Hannity wants a police state. Yeah. He, he wants, you know, armed pe- militia on every single floor of your kid's classroom. I would say, have you ever seen the uh, <laughs> the movies, uh, Not uh, Election Night was one of them, The uh, everyone has them, The Purge. Have you ever seen a Purge movie? No. Yes. no. I, I, I can't watch scary movies because my brain thinks they're actually happening. Well, I will <laughs> say I left that movie and I've never shot a gun in my life. And I was like, oh my God, if there's a purge, I need a gun. Like, how am I going to protect myself in the event of a purge? Yeah, you got a notification on your phone. Oh, fuck, the purge is the tomorrow. Purge. I forgot about the purge. <laughs> but but movies are, they do they do um, make, make your brain scared. Well, my husband, when Trump got elected, I had this sudden notion. I'm like, maybe I should learn to use a gun. You know, I don't know who's going to like get totally triggered by these, this guy's words, and uh, maybe they're going to come after us. I don't know. But I should at least, I don't ever want a gun, but I should at least know how to shoot one. And so he took me to a range, and my husband likes guns. He's from Florida. and um, but he, Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but, look at my um, general direction. He's from Florida, Karen. <laughs> um, but uh, so he's comfortable around them. And it's like a way that guys, it's like a first date for a lot of guys. It's like, let's go to a shooting range. Come on, feel that heat in your hands and blast away. I needed a Xanax. I could mm-hmm. barely hold the thing. I was shaking so hard. And I mean, it's like, I like capture the flag, but not if I think people are actually hunting me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, ha, 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 fun, 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 gun, gun, gun. I'm like, no, if if you have a gun, if I have a gun, it's for very, very, very terrible, terrible reasons. Oh. Like, there's nothing fun about this. I grew up in the country, and mm-hmm. so it was learning how to shoot a gun was a part of a lot of kids' upbringing. Like not, a shotgun, though? Yeah, like a shotgun. Or a revolver. Like a shotgun. Or it wasn't, a semi-automatic. It wasn't a handgun. Um, but we, I remember being, like, 11, <laughs> and my dad being like, you have to learn how to aim a gun. Mm-hmm. And we had a little... In case feral hogs get into your yard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, you know... This is going to sound so hillbilly, but we live far from anybody else. We live in the country. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if there's like 
some an animal in the yard that shouldn't be in the yard. My dad will go outside and shoot the gun in the air sure. to get it this out of there. This is country living. I get yeah. that. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> but I remember no, no, giving it Aaron's house. Thank you so no, much for the invitation. It's during no, I'm season. saying you don't that's be there. different than having a militarized weapon. <laughs> totally. But I get the feeling. What are you going to do? Blow away a cat, like yeah. 20 cattle? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you get the 30 by, to 50. 30 to 50 hogs. feral hogs, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you get the feeling that I, I, I was saying, I get the feeling that you're talking about where it's just like, oh, there's too much. Like, I feel bad holding like a staple gun. I'm like, this is too much power mm-hmm. that I have right now <laughs> to like be 11 and like holding a gun and aiming it at a little like bullseye stapled to a tree trunk mm-hmm. was like very nerve wracking. And I remember my dad being like, you should take hunter safety. You're 12 now. That's when people take hunter safety classes. Hunter safety. Yeah. I understand this. I didn't want to hold a gun though. I didn't want to be a gun shooting person. I have a lot, I, you know, I am from Florida and I do have several friends who own guns mm-hmm. and I've held their guns and, you know, been pose, to a, pose for dating profile pictures with the guns. Been to, yeah. been to a shooting range with people. Like I've done that, and I don't like. I, and but it's not those people. Mm-hmm. It's not those people who got the license mm-hmm. and who you know take a, a safety class and mm-hmm. who go for a, sh- a shooting range and and like if you want this to be your cathartic hobby, like mm-hmm. might not be my jam, but like that's that is your right. I don't have an issue with that as a as a fundamental like narrative premise of like what the country was founded on. For a number of reasons, like I get why that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I guess what it comes down to is the people who are committing these acts of violence are not like it's. They're not interested in in the purity of gun culture. Yeah, yeah. it's that's not the gun culture Mm-mm. people. Those no. are people who are going to a different state to buy a weapon, an like, AK forty. Well, exactly, specifically specifically before they leave. And the one thing I did want to say about um, violence is what it how what's the effect like when you're watching violence? The effect in identity formation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like. And this isn't a. We should a one. just clockwork orange ourselves. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I, I, I'm saying in terms of identity formation, if something becomes normalized while you're watching it and mm-hmm. while your brain is very malleable as a mm-hmm. child, um, like, like I, because when I was growing up, there was nobody who looked like me on television. There's just nobody at all, except for a poo from The Simpsons. Like mm-hmm. it's literally there's just nobody. There was nobody. So, so my ability to see myself as like the white guy hero mm-hmm. is like really high yeah, because and, it's just like and culturally like, you were you were fed a, a narrative that because the communities where a lot of violence was happening were people of color you're the instead of talking about poverty it the conversation was about you should fear people of color I remember like watching Indiana Jones the Temple of Doom like when I remember seeing it when I was like a little kid and it was it really struck me because I was like you know in that movie there's like an Indian dude like pulling the heart out of the person and then it's like in, I remember being like, fuck this movie. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? This is ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. why are all these people like native and like this guy's good and like, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone else is like bad in this movie. And like you have an awareness, like all of those bad guys look like me. Oh, my God. Like they Kevin Costner with the like, uh, what is it? Dances with Wolf. Yeah. Oh. And you're just like. What about why am I rooting for this one guy when like swaths of people are be, like I, I what because they assume the viewer is a white guy is the and white we'll guy only to the white guy I know well, and I'm just like well, what's that yeah. other guy's lady's story and that you know and also let's not even go into the female I mean there's a lot there's a lot of like um, <laughs> I know the damsel in distress but there's um there's a book called Men Women and Chainsaws that's ri- that was written about like 1970s horror and the way that it appealed to teenage boys. 
Mm -hmm. And um, and I don't want to get too into it, but it's really good and fun if you're into film criticism. Basically, this uh, the author of the book argued that adolescent boys were able to identify with the monster, mm -hmm. the faceless, like horny, masculine, but not quite human monster mm -hmm. until the moment when the final girl like was able to beat the monster because then they could switch identities to the final girl because mm -hmm. the final girl was usually sort of tomboyish. She didn't have sex. She mm -hmm. was like open to like, so the horror movies basically allowed them to identify with both the pursuant and the person that was being pursued, mm -hmm. but only at moments of like victory, which is like super interesting. But we call like boys that will stab a puppy, you know, psychopaths, right? Mm -hmm. But we then don't call them psychopaths when they terrorize a, 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 a person necessarily. A yeah, like if you just mm -hmm. walk yeah, no, up. No one calls Norman Mailer. I mean, he like literally stabbed a woman at a party. He's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, but nobody calls him. I just that. did it. Yeah, good. Well, it's good. It's been done. You know, I we had this woman over at our house the other day, and we were we we were visited upon by mountain lions at our at our home. <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, I live up. That's in why our, you need a gun. Yeah. Well, that that was my husband. No, you need thing. to befriend them. Well, no, no. I mean, you know, it, everyone it here does, has a strong mountain lion yeah, take. Everybody has a mountain lion take. <laughs> but but the point was, this woman came over, and she lives, you know, locally, and she said, my husband a sheriff and we, you know, we've got bears and we've got mountain lions and he just always has his peace. So when I walk the dog, you know, he comes out with me and he checks the trees and he always has his peace on him. So I don't even go for a walk unless I'm with my husband. Uh, he's a retired sheriff. And I said, um, like, I know what walk she's talking about. She won't do unless she's with her husband. <laughs> and I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm way more afraid of your husband than I am of anything <laughs> yeah. that I could encounter on that road. Yeah, you can defeat wow. a mountain lion with like a can of quarters that you shake. Around. <laughs> like, it you also can... feels like a fair fight. Like, I'm also in their backyard. So yeah. it's like, it's on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I the, like men are, are so threatening in a way that I think men to women that that I don't think men will ever understand. Like this is so minor, but truly on the drive here, um, a, a homeless man uh, pulled out his penis that I saw mm -hmm. um, and it just sh like viscerally shook me. In At a way that, nine in the morning. Uh, yeah, that is not penis time. No, that I know. Is not penis. I, I, there needs to be some rules. Some just rules even like we just need exposure. to have. Yeah, we just need to have some boundaries like no penis is out until 11. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I think like, if it's not OK to have a glass of wine with a meal, it's not OK to have your dick out for traffic. That's good. To drivers. So really like it's a brunch. It's like a brunch dick. Like it's you like you can have a you, mimosa dick. You can have yeah. a mimosa dick. So like 1130 on it's like a fair Sunday. game on the weekends. Mm -hmm. The rest <laughs> of the time we're the working. week, 1230 or later. Mm -hmm. working. Yeah. Uh, but no, it just viscerally shook me. And like my heart rate has not gone down. And I'm like, a, I, yeah, that sort of yeah, thing like, really. When I'm yeah. incited towards violence, like when I want to hurt somebody, I was in my car and a guy, you know, pulled up next to me and was looking at me and I looked at him and then I realized he was stroking his ah, Johnson. Yeah. And I wanted to like, you know, firebomb his car. Like I wanted to light something, throw it in his passenger window and right. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Did you learn that from a movie? I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was from Knight Rider. No, um, but I, but, but the thing is, is that when I have that impulse, to just want to like blow up some guy's car. One, I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to do it. I can say with 100% certainty I'm never going to blow up somebody's car. But two, it's because I've been assaulted. And yet these guys 
with these guns, you know, they not what even what even freaking happened to you? You yeah. know, they haven't been given a government granted vagina attractive woman. Yeah. It's ma- it's but it's also massively unsafe for you to for you to attack that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would say the reason I wouldn't act on my imp- like, why don't you say something? Why don't you do something? And it's mm-hmm. like a lot of times the reason when something happens to you, you don't do or say something is mm-hmm. because. I don't know what this per- who this person is. I don't know who this what what they are capable of, right. and so the impact that it could have on like my safety and my person right. is something I'm taking into consideration. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I think that's so scary about random acts of violence, and because we tell ourselves stories about what we can do to prevent things from happening to us, and then things happen in El Paso, and things happen in Dayton, and things happen in Santa Barbara. Things happen everywhere, and there is literally nothing any of those people could have done right. to stop that from happening, no. save going out, save never Even leaving their houses. Even if people had a gun, people the, got to them people in, did have in guns. seconds, and still in people Gilroy. were moving. Because they have those, those uh, I wish I knew more about guns, but they, I, they've had the photo of like the, all the bullets. The magazine. Are, the magazine is the name for it. They, they can shoot so many rounds bullets and then rounds it's, yeah, in, in seconds. Those are multi, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is why it's an assault rifle yeah. and why it shouldn't be But it's legal. like even if someone there was a good guy with a gun and was like trained like Jason Bourne. You need a you good guy f- with a time machine yeah. in order to defeat a bad guy with yeah. a gun. You Literally, you need to go back and mm-hmm. stop the bad guy from even like t- buying a gun. That's mm-hmm. what. That's the only way to stop you, it. The, yeah, like, that is such a good quote that they should say like a good guy with a gun who like it's like to stop them from buying like the good guys with guns who who do what we talked about, like who are interested in the safety classes and putting it away and locking in a case in a house with kids and all that business. You know, that's how you stop a, a guy, a bad guy with a gun. A good guy with a time machine? No, 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 no. I mean, a, a, the good guys with guns should be the loudest advocates for gun safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, Karen. There's been some good, no, there's been some good quotes you also had. Everyone gets a fuck hole. Which, <laughs> honestly, I've been sitting on. Name of the episode? For the entire episode. I was just like, that's, I mean, I mean that's. Fuck holes you know? for everyone. Yeah, exactly. You get a fuck hole. Yeah. You get a fuck hole. Exactly. That's I, a fuck hole. Yeah. Fuck hole. just like, we just really glazed over the fuck hole comment. And I was just like, and everyone just moved on. And they're like, yeah, violence. And I was like, wait, let's get back to these government mandated fuck holes that, uh, just a, that's just on the tip of Michaela's tongue. It's just, it, Amazon can ship it to you in 24 hours. Right. It's a silicon little flopsy little thing. It's a flashlight kind of situation. Yeah. You, it's oh, like vape seen, pens. They come in different flavors. Have you seen flashlights that are shaped like feet? For guys with weird foot fetishes. Yeah, I'm so sure. So Quentin Tarantino yeah. exclusively. I'm okay. sure Quentin Tarantino has one of those. Um, we have to end this conversation. Oh, no, one don't thing make my last thing look, about <laughs> foot flashlights. One thing I think you will, like, I went to Nepal, like you asked about other countries. And it's like, I remember, so when I, I've been to Zimbabwe and Nepal, uh, Nepal was, I mean, this is, I think it's ridiculous. They were on the, the, like, don't travel to it list because of their internal revolution. And then Zimbabwe when Mugabe was there. And like the, um, the interesting thing about when you watch the news and you see a place that has a, a quote unquote war zone, it's like, it's always in this moment of like after the bomb's gone off or when the tragedy has happened. Uh, and it, I remember being a child and looking at that and thinking, and thinking that, oh, when you're in Iraq or when you're in Syria or when you're there, it's like it's just back to back like smoke and bombs. And the reality of the situation from being in like a riot or from being in, in a few situations that were 
genuinely very scary is that it's people are going to buy bread, people are shopping, people are having their normal day in the market. And then all of a sudden, it's like something happens and the road clears out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether that's a bomb going off or a riot starting or whatever it is. It's 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 what's so scary is it's normal, 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 normal. And then just on a normal day. 911 mm-hmm. that's 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 what that's what a war zone really feels like mm-hmm. uh, and it's terrifying because of the frequency with which those those moments of violence are happening I mean does in that way does America feel a little bit like a war zone the, I mean yes. I think the parallel I think the parallel is a fair one when you when you don't have gun control I don't think it's the same as if you're if you're literally in Syria or Iraq but yes I think that remember the, the frequency of Baghdad markets you know like oh exactly 20 killed in this market and you're just like oh it's, it's another day that's what we're becoming there was a, yes, there yes, was a, with shootings. Mm-hmm. There with was a great shootings. tweet yeah. about, and mass shootings. There was some great tweet about millennials that are like, "Why are all millennials like anxious and nervous about all these things?" And it's like, I don't know, because when we were eight, we watched two thousand people die on live TV, and nothing's gotten. Better. I always wanted to always dive into the effects of that. I'm yeah. just so curious of what. Can I? Can I? I know you're ending, so can I tell you the end of a really beautiful Rachel Held Evans quote? Yes. Oh yeah, Rachel Held Evans, a Christian author who recently passed, way mm-hmm. too young, mm-hmm. um, who did some incredible work for the community that she was in, and she was also she used her platform to elevate voices of people of color. She was just great. Mm-hmm. So yes, please. Her and Toni Morrison. Mm-hmm. Oh, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Toni. Um, Well, I'll just give you the first part and the last part because it's a little long. But she says, if you're looking for verses with which to support slavery, you will find them. If you are looking for verses with which to abolish slavery, you will find them. If you are looking for verses for which to oppress women, you will find them. If you are looking for verses with which to liberate and honor women, you will find them. And if you want to wage war and it goes on and it says she says at the end, if you and it's a beautiful quote, so you should look it up. But she says, if you want to do violence in this world, you will always find the weapons. If you want to heal, you will always find the bomb. Mm. So it's like it, the whole quote is really about what it depends what you're looking for in this life and you can find it. I think a lot more people are looking for a way to heal than to hurt, which mm-hmm. is a good way to end this conversation. So um, I think we solved it. We have to take a break. But when we come back, our hills. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Okay, we're back. We're at the part of the show where we take adamant stances on things that don't matter. Our hills. Let's get started with our listener hill. 
Hey, Hysteria, I'm Janine, and I am very passionate about this hill. If it is your birthday and your friends and loved ones post all these Instagram stories for you, do not repost them. You don't need to be like, look at all these people who love me on my birthday. That is such a weird thing to do. Stop reposting the birthday posts that friends and family post to you. Well, somebody loves Janine. That's a harsh hill. Uh, I'm guilty. I, Same. I'm I do too. Yeah. I'm, someone posted a cute picture of me. I'm guilty. Repost. The thing I don't like is when people use birthdays as an excuse to post pictures where they look hot and the birthday person looks like less hot. <laughs> My, I hate when people say the phrase, <laughs> thanks to all for the birthday wishes, which is just such a weirdly artificial phrase that now we all mimic. Thanks to all. Oh, yeah. Who's ever said thanks to all for the birthday wishes in real life, but now everyone types. It's weird. You're right. Isn't that weird? weird. Um, Okay. I will do my hill now. (laughs) My hill is Maya Erskine, who is one of the stars of the Hulu show Pen15, is maybe the funniest woman that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pen15 is a show where two women who are around 30 play themselves at age 13. Maya Erskine is one of the two. The other, um, Anna Kunkel, is also Great. Amazing. But Maya Erskine's performance in Pen15 is so good. I'm obsessed with it. I'm happy you love I've already watched the show all the way through one and a half times, and I cannot (laughs) see myself stopping. It is funny. She does this, like, 13-year-old whine that is completely accurate. Like, I forget that she's almost 30 years old. She truly seems 13 to me, except for the fact that you can kind of see that she's been, she binds her breasts down so she doesn't have them, and sometimes you can see, Mm -hmm. like, the, the binding not quite containing her breasts, which is, like, makes it even funnier. She's just, like, she's brilliant. I think that she will eventually win like a best actress Oscar or something I'm like sure. that. I think she's just so fucking incredible. And I haven't seen the feature she did with um Jack Quaid. Yeah. I'm gonna watch Pen fifteen twenty more times and then I will get to the feature that she's in. She she was uh she was a big part of casual uh for season mm. three and four. She, I haven't watched season three and four yet, but oh, I need to catch she's up. She's huge. She's a big massive She's like a became a regular. She's last she's so brilliant. Anyway, watch Pen Fifteen. I have, so I have nachas for her. Mm. <laughs> she's wonderful. Okay, uh, Dana, do you want to go? Um, well, I was gonna. I, I just wanted as long as we're doing female. I I think it's such a shame that Netflix canceled the show Tuka and Birdie. Mm-hmm. That's my hill is that it they absolutely should not have canceled that show. Tell me about this show because so it wasn't really promoted in any way. It's a female creator named Lisa Hanawalt who it's an animated series like and it's so visually stunning because she's an artist and mm-hmm. it's like so fun and whimsical and it's like a world where birds and sometimes plants like mm-hmm. everyone's a bird but also sometimes there's talking plants and it's just so funny but the the art is like so unique and visually engaging and it also like touches on like deeper issues of like family and harassment and like Isn't it like Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish? Yeah. Yes. Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish Tiffany were the voices. And they're them. amazing and then uh, yeah it's like no white people which is like in the best way it's just like celebrating like all these unique voices and and mostly women and Netflix canceled it after one season. I just feel like people hadn't heard of it and they didn't give it a chance. I, I, I mean, yeah, I haven't heard of it and that's so up my alley. And it's so unique and like, you know, the writers of like Big Mouth, they're great and they're doing important things, but like that animation style is not super attractive. It's kind of flat. And the fact that they canceled Tukin Birdie, which is this female-driven new original show. 
that's like so unique and compelling. And then um, the next day we're like, and Big Mouth gets three seasons. It just seemed like a big fucking. It does year make me laugh artist. harder than anything else in the world. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm not saying it's bad. It's it's a great show, but I guess like to me the contrast of like, okay, that one has like big names, but this one is such a you know unique. Ali Wong thing. and Tiffany had they're big names. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know, with, with you have the, to promote it though. We didn't see it promoted. People yeah. hadn't heard of it. Like Lisa Hanawalt, people weren't talking about Emily Nussbaum, the New Yorker's TV critic, really liked it too. It's so good. I mean, watch it if you haven't watched it yet. So many shows wouldn't wouldn't have gotten past. I mean, would Parks and Rec be around now? Yeah, if you like, wonder. You know what I mean? Or would Seinfeld have made it through this current gauntlet of television just because it can take a second for comedies to also find their rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, it can just take a second. And yeah. especially when things drop on Netflix, like they can just get lost in the shuffle so fast. Yeah, here's another question. Sex in the City, even. You know, you take a look at season one, they were doing the direct-to-camera oh, address. Oh, I hated it. And it was kind of documentary style and mm-hmm. it was a lot different. And, and Playing I'm, basketball He's like, what's divorce? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. And then there's a guy like times. doing like like doing a, a, like bicep curls in the gym. But that that's an example of a show that took like a little while to get its legs. But too. It, the shame is, Tick and Birdie didn't even need a little while. It no. was a, it's a really great show. I watched the did... pilot and I was like, well, this is a delight. I'm yeah. gonna wait until the next time I feel bad to watch the rest of this because it's and it just deepens. Like at the first episode, you're like, this is fun, and then like it gets more emotional. And I was just like, what a shame that it didn't it didn't have time to grow. Mm. That is too bad. Um, Kieran, do you want to go next? No. Okay. (laughs) Michaela, do you want to go next? I got this. So my hill is um, I don't think it should be allowed in our society anymore, ever, to call somebody or text somebody, are you in town on Saturday? (gasps) Like, no. Lead with what you want from me. Because this is complicated. Mm. Maybe I am. If you're telling me, like, I'm bringing Bruce Springsteen to your living room and he's going to do, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to try out some new songs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in town, you know. If it's like, um, would you consider uh, going, being my plus one to my kids, like, uh, science fair. No, mm. it turns out I'm not in town. I have a great trick for this. <laughs> the trick is if anyone ever texts you, are you free, blah, 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 but they don't tell you for what, mm-hmm. you say, uh, oh, I need to check my calendar. What's up? That's uh, a good one. You go, oh, maybe I, I, I need to check my calendar. What's going on? And then they'll tell you. And then you But can... also, like, on what, like, why don't you just tell me what it is? Because on what grounds, like, if I say yes, are they going to be like, okay, hold on, let me get back to you. You know, now that I know you're available, I'll see if I can get you to this like super secret, very, you know, exclusive situation that I can't tell you about <laughs> until you sign this non-disclosure. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I just like, what? Just lead with it. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. It's a good hell. Okay. Thank right, you. Karen, you want to bring us home? Sure. I don't know. Okay. So my hill is that It's not really a hill. It's a thing that I do. I really like candles. Mm -hmm. Okay. I enjoy candles, but I'm very stingy (gasps) with when I will light the candle. And it's such an odd thing because I won't be stingy about other stuff. But then I'm like, this candle's going to, it's going to be gone. And then it's (laughs) like, and then I'm like, and then I'm really like very, I had this like very bizarre relationship with the candle, like where it's like, I'll like, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I should light it today because then it's going to be over. You know, it's a very, I yeah. relate so hard to you, Karen. I'm sitting here gasping like 
Totally. Do you have the same thing when you were a kid with pristine erasers? Like you never oh, wanted yeah. to eraser use an eraser. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Th- yeah, it's like a, so when something's very beautiful and perfect. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we're just going to like ruin it now. I yeah. do that it's with, like, with like art. clothes that are more expensive than I normally buy. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a staple. If it's like a black cashmere sweater, mm-hmm. which I should, you should wear it. You buy a black cashmere sweater because mm-hmm. it goes with a lot of things and you can wear it a lot. But I, I have like a couple items of clothes that are like this is a keep this, this a, for the nice time yeah yeah it's yeah. like this is it no it. you've worn it once you've had it for three years and you've worn it once and it's a white button down right come on I, you're like it was three hundred dollars yes i have that with notebooks too where every time i get a new notebook i'm like my handwriting has to be perfect and every word or else i need to buy a new notebook and start over every notebook could be the key to me being a genius right by hand like perfect oh writer. These are longer things. It's so funny. That's so true. It's <laughs> like the, 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 you can, but it's like you can get another notebook. You can get, it's like technically, yeah. like cognitively, the candle is not even, like at least the shirt's expensive. Mm-hmm. The candle is like $10, $1, $3. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes I buy cheaper candles just so that I feel like I can, <laughs> I can light them and have them go for longer. Yeah. Like I just, then I'm like, well, you know, mm-hmm. throw it to the wind. Right? <laughs> live, Karen, live. Right. Yeah. I mean, I if everybody it. gets a fuck hole, everybody should get a everybody notebook yeah, candle. Yeah, notebook, <laughs> candle. <laughs> notebook candle fuck hole. New Black his, cashmere sweater. New hysteria merch. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. We're not going to have hysteria branded fuck holes. Oh, That's, come on. No. How about hysteria b- branded black cashmere sweaters, though? Huh? I would wear it if it had a little... A little like mouth Hatch. sewn right here. We'll yeah. talk to the merch people after. Um, okay. Well, that's all the time we have for this <laughs> serious and then yet not very serious episode of Hysteria. Dana, Michaela, and Kieran, thank you for stopping by. Thanks to Shannon Watts for dialing in. Thanks to Alyssa Master Monaco for also calling in. And there will be more Hysteria next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Rustin is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Nadina Malconian and Elijah Cohn, for production support each week. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 